Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. In Psalms chapter 103, verses 1 and 2, I want to start there. You know, it really doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in. You need to learn something that's very important, and that is to praise God no matter what. Learn to give praise to the Lord in every situation, no matter what. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. One of the things that brings the Lord on the scene in a different way and works in your life is bless the Lord. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know, bless the Lord. Just do it. It's your choice. You choose to bless the Lord or you choose not to bless the Lord. You can look at every situation and and every situation can bring you to this place. You can become better or you can become bitter in every situation in life. But you make the choice. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you that the choice is made if you bless the Lord like the Bible says. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How do you know? How many of you know realize blessing the Lord has benefits to it? Thank God it has benefits to it. We, we've been decreeing and declaring and believing the Lord that we were going to get that parking lot done. And we've been blessing the Lord and praising the Lord, but you know what we didn't have? We didn't have money. We were dollars short, hundreds of thousands of dollars short, to be exact. How many of you know that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? How many of you know he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills too? We bless and pray, we bless the Lord, and there's benefits. Just like you get a paycheck, that's a benefit from your work. If you're older like I am, and you get a little dinky social security check, you're, you're entitled to it. It's your benefit. I'm going to tell you what, God's benefits are not little dinky. They're big and extravagant. And those benefits that God promises you, when he says, and forget not none of his benefits, they're yours. You are entitled to those. They were paid for at the cross of Calvary. Jesus personally paid for our benefits. Verse 3 says, who pardons all of your iniquities. I was talking to somebody this week, and I was saying that my sins were pardoned, and they said, sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer. He pardons all of our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. You know, the Bible says in says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land and forgive them of their trespasses. In the name of the Lord. Verse 4 says this, who redeems your life from the pit? Guess where I was at when I got redeemed? I was in the pit. I was in the pit of captivity to sin. I was in the pit of despair. I was in a pit, a horrible pit, who redeemed my life. 
from the pit, who crowns, oh, 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 who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who, who redeemed your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. You know what it means to be compassionate? It means to be concerned. God is concerned. Say this with me. God is good. Devil's bad. Say it again. God is good. The devil is bad. God intends for you to be redeemed and have a life. In verse 5, it says, who satisfies your years with good things. Now listen, not just the day, but years. Satisfy your years. I saw something this morning in this church that just reminded me of years gone by and made me happy. Ashley's little boy. They, she came in here and Nick came in to sing. I don't know where she was at. Maybe she drove in another vehicle. I don't know. But, but she was standing right here. And he came over and he grabbed his mama and he laid the nicest kiss on her you could ask to see. Let me tell you, when you have children and they're walking on your toes and they love you, take time with them. Those are great years. He'll satisfy your years. Your children will grow up. Trusting and serving the Lord. Verse 6 says, the Lord performs, you know what performs means? To carry out. The Lord carries out. The Lord performs righteous deeds and justice for all who are oppressed. Say with me, God is good. Devil's bad. Say it again, God is good. Devil's bad. Because he promises to perform righteous deeds to us and judgment for all who are oppressed. You ever feel like you've been oppressed? You ever feel like that? God, I'm telling you right now, God is helping the oppressor, the oppressed. He's not helping the oppressor. He's helping the oppressed. He made known his ways. Verse 7 says he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the son of Israel. That's real simple. If you get in close with the Lord, he's going to show you his ways and not just his acts. If you know the Lord's ways, you'll know his acts. You'll know what he does, what he's able to do. The Lord is... The Lord is slow to anger and abounding, and abounding in loving kindness. Here's what, here's what the scripture says in... In John 10, 10, it says this, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Everybody say, devil, bad. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and give it to you how? More abundantly. He's come, say, devil, bad. God, good. He's... He's come to give you loving kindness. He's come to give us help. He's come to help us. He will not, listen, he'll not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our iniquity, our sins. You're talking about two gift people, redeemed people. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. 
nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He's forgiven us and given us grace and given us a place to walk above and not beneath, be the head and not the tail. This is, this is how far it is. How far is up? And how far is down? And how far is the east? And how far is the west? I have in my lifetime done a little bit of study on space. And I know this. They don't know how far up is. They don't know how far down is. They don't know how far the east is. They don't know how far the west is. They can't even determine where it ends at. And this is what God says. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Someplace it says that they're in a sea of forgetfulness. And uh, the other guy said, there's no fishing. He's not going to fish up and dig up stuff. He's forgiven us and he's sent our sins and our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. You know why? Because he's our helper. You know Jesus loves you. Do you know that? A lot of people think that's just not, but it's, it's the truth. He loves you in a, a way that nobody else can love you. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Say it with me. God is good. You got it? That's right. Because God is on the throne and he can help us. Back to the parking lot. Back to the parking lot. We couldn't pay for a parking lot. We had some old gravel on there that was supposed to last a few years and we've had a lot of rain. Uh, maybe it's global raining. But we've had a lot of rain, and it run down the parking lot, and it dug trenches in our little parking lot, holes, and our little parking lot was a mess. One day, the state came out here, and they said, we're going to fix you a little road. Well, when they pulled up, they put down gravel, 450 tons of gravel, graded it all, put it down, came out with 200 and 200 and about 20 tons of black top, put it down, smoothed it out. Guess what? How much the bill was? That's right. Everybody go like this zero because God's able to do what you can't do. Well, we thought that was all to the story. That's right. We thought that was all to the story. Did y'all notice the lines on the parking lot? Did you notice the big arrows? It's marvelous in our sight. It's a marvelous thing what God can do. He can do, he can help you when you can't help yourself. You know, I didn't have $300,000 ever how much that would have cost. I've had estimates from $150,000 to $1 million. I brought a preacher friend of mine out here and I told him what the Lord did. And he said, that's a million dollars. I don't think it's quite a million dollars, but he was happy like me. The, the, Lord, is, the Lord is our helper and, and you know, one of the things the Lord sends for us as a helper, he sent the Holy Spirit. Randall Black preached last week on he gives the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to read to you a verse out of the Bible in John 14, 26. It says, but the comforter, and then this version tells you what the, the names for the comforter, but the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. The Holy Spirit has been sent to react upon our behalf, and I love it. He's the counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthen, standby, Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name. I love it. In Psalms chapter 52, verse 22, it says this. Cast your burdens. What is a burden? A burden is a heavy weight. A burden is a heavy weight. A heavy weight. And you don't need to wait until it's heavy before you cast it on the Lord. Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never, everybody say never. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Even in the place of death, he will, you will not be shaken. You may have some shakes along the way, but you're not going to fall off the tree. You're hung on a tree and the wind shakes a little bit and you're not going to be one of those laying on the ground. Just like my wife's brother Sometime, sometime recently, I don't know how long ago, maybe six months ago, had a stroke. And this past week, my wife's sister had a stroke. But we're not shaken. Even if, even if that was to happen to one of us, we're not shaken because God is with us. Listen to what it says in Psalms 37, verse 25. It says, I once was young... And I am now old. Neither have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Because God promises in the Old Testament and New Testament to be our helper. Here's what it says in 1 Peter 5.28. It says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Does anybody know what a weed is? A weed? Not, not, not this kind. Like a weed in your garden. If you're growing potatoes and if you're growing potatoes, a tomato is a weed. If you're growing tomatoes, a potato is a weed. It's something you don't want in there. And I think everybody probably has a weed or two in their life. And the Bible says, cast your weeds upon the Lord. Cast your anxiety, cast your cares upon the Lord. What is a care? A care can be your family. A can pair. A care or anxiety can be your job. I'm telling you what, when that lady, when she was saying all that stuff and writing me up and fussing at everybody about me, that was a care. I never could have got the deer to jump in the window and kick her house all to pieces and scare her till she was scared so much she moved. But God can. He can do what the, he can do the impossible. He can raise people from the dead. I was at a pastoral meeting the other day, and I, 
I was probably nearly the oldest guy there. And I said, I've only had two dead people raised to life in my ministry. They looked at me like, really? So I told them a story about one of them. We can cast our cares, our anxieties, our weaknesses. We can cast our family, our schools. We can cast our money situation. We can cast sickness. I'll tell you that, never mind, I'll tell you that. I want to read you a story in the Bible um, about a woman it's in 2 Kings 4.1. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elijah, or Elijah. Your servant, Elijah's servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors have come to take my two children, or my two sons, to be his slave. Now... In this day, if, the, if you had debt and you died, it was perfectly legal to go to your house and take what was of equal value. And two sons, I would think, was high debt. The prophet got into debt. I don't know, maybe he wanted to start a church like this one and he'd gotten lots of debt. Maybe he... Maybe he wanted to start a farm or something. I don't know, but he, he put the family in an unstable debt-credit ratio. He could not pay for what he got. Maybe he got a lot of seed. Maybe he was a farmer and got a lot of seed, and he planted crops, and it didn't rain. But can you see this situation your servant feared the Lord, and the creditors have now come to take my two children as slaves. That is hurt upon top of hurt. That is problem upon top of problem. That is, that is just about as bad as it gets. How would you like to be in a situation of, like that where they, your husband dies and then they take your whole family away? And you're standing there alone and you have no way to do anything. This is what Elijah, Elisha, Elisha said. Under, he said unto her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. There's, now, there's a big gap right here between tell me and what do you have in your house. There's a huge gap. If I said that to my wife, she would tell me what I should do for her. She would say, I need some money. I got to take care of this problem. I need this or I need that. But there's a big gap here. And this is, at the end of the gap, this is what he says. He listens to, he, I know he listened to her because he said, tell me. And she told him probably just what we read. And the creditors are here and all this stuff's bad and I'm having problems and woe is me and the creditors here and I'm going to be gone and all kind of things. You can put anything in that blank you want to. But what do you, then this is what Elijah Elijah said, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except everybody 
has an accept. You have something. If you have a need, you have something in your hand. Moses had a staff. The maidservant said nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure everybody has more than a jar, jar of oil. But she was at the place where she had nothing but a jar of oil. What's in your hand? A jar of oil. You know what a jar of oil and little faith and belief and being obedient can do? Do you know what your $20 you have in your wallet, faith and obedience can do? Verse 3 says, and then he said, this is what he said. Go borrow vessels at large. In other words, a lot of them. At large vessels, a lot of them. For yourself, for all, from all your neighbors, even empty vessels, do not get a few, get a lot. Listen to me for just a second. When God speaks to you, do not be afraid to believe big, to look big, to trust him big. When we built the second building, we just needed, we just needed room for kids. We just needed room to preach the gospel. A building is not, this is not a church. You're the church. This is a building. This is a tool to propagate the church. But this is not the church. They can tear this building down and take it over here to the landfill part of it, not to Gordon's rest of it, and the church will still be just fine because this is not the church. That's not the church. It's just a tool. But we, we needed a, a building. And we said... We don't have any money for a building. I owe more money and I can pay now. That sounded like this woman. The creditors have come. They're about to take our building. And, uh, and we had a lady at work for us, and she said, Pastor, if you believe God wants you to build, build a tool, have a tool to work with, believe God. I was just going to build a room, two, three rooms. And she said, build what you want. Build what you feel like God's calling you to build. I said, if I had all the money in the world, I'd build this. She said, she encouraged me. She said, build it, believe it. So we, we said, okay, we're going to do that. And so we, we um, got the blueprints drawn, and we started to work. And after the blueprints was drawn, I was already out of money. It took us about, I don't know, close to this, $40,000, put the first shovel in the ground, maybe $30,000 to have groundbreaking because permits are expensive, blueprints are expensive, it's getting started is expensive. And the only thing, was, only thing that was not expensive was the praying and reading the Bible and believing God. The rest of it costs a lot of money. Well, you know what? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's our helper. Guess what happened? Oh my, it's 12 o'clock already. I haven't even got started. But what happened was, 
Somebody walked in the building and said, what do you need, preacher? I said, we need a building. The woman said, put me down for it. I'll pay for it. Half a million dollars later, the building's upstairs. Let me tell you, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the cattle. He owns the hills. He cares about you, and he'll help you. He'll help you when you are in a helpless situation. He'll help you in a helpless situation. Excuse me. So he said to him, go borrow the vessels, bring them lots of them, and, and get all your neighbor's vessels. And Can you imagine... Every, your whole house is full of pots and pans and vessels and every place you can put a little bit of oil and all you did was just be obedient. What if the Lord spoke to you? Go to your neighborhood and borrow all the vessels from everybody you know till your whole house is full of vessels. You'd have to do, make a lot of trips. Some of you live in awful big houses. This, this lady probably didn't live in a, ha- town, a house down on the lake or something like that, you know like we have today. But the thing is, she obeyed God. They went, she sent her sons and they went and borrowed vessels. And this is what happened. Then, then after they got all these vessels, the, the prophet spoke to her and said, you shall go into, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into these vessels and you shall set them aside which are full. You know, there are some things that you need to experience from God by yourself. I don't read anywhere else where this woman was running around town telling everybody how, how bad it was and her kids were hearing this and that and whatever. She wasn't. She went to the man of God and he told her to get, get the vessels and he said to them, he said, put them, put them in your house and take your jar that's in your house and pour. And he said, shut the door. You and your son, shut the door. There are some things you need to experience in your home. In your home. Now the man wasn't there, but the man left. He left the example for his family because they went in, they shut the door. It doesn't tell you what they did. It just tells you they went in there. Maybe they blew a trumpet. Maybe they were singing praises. Maybe they were worshiping the Lord. Maybe they weren't. But the thing is, they knew what to do. They knew to listen to the voice of the Lord. They shut the door and they had a miracle to themselves. Some miracles. I remember... Jacob, there he sits. His mom and dad are in church too. Your dog was pretty bad off, wasn't he? Your family got together and prayed about your dog, didn't you? Your dog's doing pretty good today. Some miracles you need to experience in your family. They prayed for their dog that that everybody else was saying was going to die. They're going to have to put it down. But they prayed, and God answered their prayer. You know why? Because God cares about you, so he cares about your dog. So she went and shut the door behind her, verse 5, behind her and her sons. And they were bringing the vessels to her, 
And she poured. When the vessels were full, when the vessels were full, she said to her sons, bring me some more vessels. See, listen to me. Prepare big, prepare big, or get little. If your faith is little, if you don't, if your faith is not big, it's it's going to be little results. Just like that building upstairs. If I would have had a, if I would have had a hundred thousand dollar building, well, we'd have a hundred thousand dollar building. That's what would have been provided. That's what the Lord would provided. See that parking lot out there? Every bit of it has got blacktop on it. They didn't leave any out. Just like God isn't going to leave anything out. You believe the Lord, believe the Lord, prepare big and believe big, or you're going to get little. When the vessels were full, she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, or he probably said, Mom, there's no more vessels. And guess what happened? The oil stopped. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.